0: Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the
1: simplest of ways. Hey, Clever Investors, and welcome to another show. Today's topic is, are our kids ever going to be able to afford to buy property? And what we can do as parents, or what can you do together, to help each other. Now, believe it or not, this podcast is not the only gig that I do in life. I spend the rest of my time educating people either through my academy or through uh, education talks and seminars that I give. And one of the talks that I give is um, actually entitled Helping Your Kids Into the Property Market. And what we do is we examine how parents can assist their offspring in getting into property, whether it's buying an investment property or whether it's buying something to live. I have a 18-year-old son and without bragging, I can say that he probably knows more about the property market and investing than most 40-year-olds. And the reason behind that is that he's grown up with his father teaching people and presenting to large rooms of people about how to successfully invest in property, how to grow your wealth. And over the years, he's worked for me. So I don't give him pocket money. He's always had to earn his money. Now, that was something that I was taught by my parents and it's it's the way that I wanted to raise him as well, to give him a value of money rather than just giving him pocket money for doing nothing. And One of his jobs used to be when I was presenting, he would be my assistant for the evening. So that meant that he would sit at the back of the room and listen to what I'm saying. And I think I did the right thing, because uh, as soon as he turned 18, he actually sat me down and said, right, Dad, how can I buy a property? When can I do it? How does it actually work? Now, he left school last year finished his HSC. He's now working in the chosen, his own chosen career. He's He's a photographer and cinematographer. And we sat down again the other week and he said, okay, so, you know, what do I need to do? And we looked at what incomes need to be and how he needs to save his deposit. Now that's a pretty advanced conversation for an 18 year old to have. I know from him talking to his mates that many of his other mates are not having the same conversations with parents. Now, some of you could say, well, that's a little bit early for doing it. My son is not going to buy a property in the next year or so, but what he's got is the right attitude for how he needs to build this up. He is self-employed, so we went through what he actually needs to do, what his tax returns will need to look for, what the banks need to uh, to, to look at and, and how they actually uh, score self-employed people. We also worked on a plan of how he's actually going to save the, the deposit and the, the, the funds towards the actual property purchase. Now, I think this is pretty cool. He's got a good head on his shoulders and he knows that it's going to take a fair bit of work on his behalf and I will give him all the assistance uh, that I possibly can. But he also understands as well that I'm not going to buy it for him if he wants it, it's something that he needs to go after. So a large part of what I teach when I'm running this course is the attitude that people need to to buy their property. What I don't want the younger ones to do is to throw their hands in the air and say, I can never buy a property. It's never going to happen. It's not fair. The world is all against me. Yes, we've had a, a rise in the property market over the last 25 years, basically property has doubled every 11 years. So home ownership rates over the last 30 years have been fairly stable. Over the last 30 years, we have seen a change in the amount of unencumbered properties. So that's properties without mortgages. There's now more people that own property that still have a mortgage on it. That's okay. That's other things that we can talk about later on about how to get rid of your home loan. But the first step is actually getting into the marketplace. So I'm going to quickly go through and debunk some of the myths. Now, one of the myths is that you have to have a 20% deposit to buy a property and to buy your first property. And that's not true. So in 1965, lender's mortgage insurance was invented and I had a whole show on lender's mortgage insurance. So don't ever, ever be scared of paying lenders mortgage insurance, whether it's for an investment property or whether it's for your first property as well. Don't let that hold you back. Don't be bitter and twisted about paying it. It's a wonderful tool for to help us to get into the property market. Now myth number two is, and I hear this a lot, that buying property was so much easier in my parents' or my grandparents' days and I'm never going to be able to afford it. So that's people just taking a victim mentality, saying, oh, it's never going to happen for me. It's not harder. It's just different nowadays. It's been more difficult as property prices have risen to save that 20% deposit, but we've already talked about how you can overcome that. But we've also seen an evolution in lending. And there are different ways to purchase the property now, smaller deposits, and ways of actually getting into a marketplace. So it's not harder, it is just different. Now there's a really interesting correlation then between we've seen uh, wages rise over the last 30 years, but the interest expenditure, so a simple way of putting that is the amount of interest that we're paying on the money that we're borrowing, has remained pretty much constant over that term as well. Now myth number three is buying a home is going to be the great Australian dream. So we're talking about the difference here between someone buying a home to live in or somebody continuing to rent a property and to be a rent vester. And again, we've had other shows about that as well. The great Australian dream has changed over the years and it used to be the quarter acre block. You have 2.3 kids, you've met the person of your dreams and... Kids grow up and eventually you pay off the property and then you you wait to die. So this Great Australian Dream has changed. Many think that the Great Australian Dream is no longer relevant at all. In fact, a lot of them say that the idea of buying a property in a desirable suburb is one of their number one goals. It doesn't necessarily have to be a house, but very much high on the list is they want to travel and they want the luxury things in life as well. And this is sort of testament to how we've changed and how we've uh, evolved our lifestyle. Now, myth number four is all about buying a house, that houses are are the thing that everybody strives for. And this is not true as well. Houses are not better than apartments. Apartments are not better than houses. You're actually going to find that they suit a cause for a different type of area. Now, when we're looking at it from an investment point of view, which is what the show's all about, being a clever investor, there's actually no difference really between whether you should buy a house or whether you should buy an apartment. It all goes down to making sure that whatever you're buying has been well-researched And it's suiting the demographics for now and long term for the area that you're buying into. Myth number five, I've just got to give up everything in my life to actually buy this property and there'll be no more fun existing afterwards. And that's not true at all. You can still have a great life and buy yourself a property, even build a property portfolio too. So Despite interest rate rises over the last few months, we are still very much under what the the median rate has been over the last 30 years. And what you'll actually find is that as interest rates go up, less people are able to or think about buying property, which means that we've actually got a demand for rental properties. So as home ownership has stepped down just slightly to from 70% to about 65-ish%. percent. We've also seen a rise in people having investment properties. And if you have an investment property, it means, well, there's more properties for people to actually rent. So there's three simple ways that parents can actually start the conversation with their children and help them enter the property market a lot sooner than what they may be thinking. Now, the three things that your child needs, and we're talking sort of adult childs here, but it's also have a conversation. As I mentioned before, my son's been involved in this conversation. He's been around this world of property and financing since he was born. And so he understands the terms. He understands sort of all this big adult talk that's been around him for so many years. So the number one thing is the mindset which is certainly something that I think my son has because he's, he's growing up around it. So having the right mindset, not being a victim and thinking, woe is me, I'm never going to get into the market. Now the next thing is, and what my son will be working on then, is the deposit. So getting the money together, how to allocate it. We did a show on budgeting as well. Uh, I'm going to do another one soon on a very simple budgeting technique. And getting that deposit together. And the last thing that you need is then the ability to be able to borrow the money. So we're looking at how can we borrow money from a bank, building society, credit union? What things are they looking for? You know, uh, where's your income coming from? How much and where are you actually spending all of that to? Now, one way that parents have helped children over the years with buying property is to put their hand in their own pocket and to help them with the deposit. And that's fantastic if you're able to do it. We see nowadays that the Bank of Mum and Dad, uh, we're told that it's the ninth largest source of uh, residential property lending uh, in Australia. And where we get the figures from from that is is that parents are sort of averaging, you know, gifting their children around about $90,000 to go to their, their property purchase. Now, that may not be viable for you, It's or it might be something that um, you just don't want to do. So the other way that you can help your child then or children is being a guarantor. And there's two types of guarantors, and again, we did a show on this as well. So there's security guarantor or servicing guarantor. Now, a servicing guarantor means that you are saying to the bank, look, my child doesn't earn enough money to make the full repayment. I will be putting some money towards the repayment. Now, that's not a very common um, type of guarantor. The most common type of guarantor that parents do uh, with their children is a security guarantor, so offering another property as security, which is typically the family home, but it can be an investment property. Now, this type of lending is generally called family guarantee. So you're guaranteeing some security, and that's what banks really love, is they don't care too much about the actual property. They care about the security so you're offering to the bank, look, I've got a million dollar home, I only owe 500000 on it and so, you know, my child wants to buy this $500,000 property here and we're giving the bank essentially $1.5 million of total security. Now, as long as your child's got the income to support the debt, then the bank's more than happy to do this type of thing. Best person to speak about this and whether it's applicable for you and who the best lender lender to use for you is, of course, your local friendly mortgage broker. Well, I hope today's tips and conversation was handy for you. If you'd like to know more about the seminar that I run on helping your kids into the property market, Send me a DM or you can email me at owen at cleverinvestor.com.au and I'll either send you a copy of it or let you know next time we're running it. I'll see you again next week for another edition of The Clever Investor Podcast.
0: You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au.